On the day of Pentecost, the Bible said they were in the upper room in one accord. And the Holy Ghost and power fell upon them. And they began to speak with other tongues. And all those that had seen them, in fact, what happened was is it was more than speaking with tongues because Peter came out and said, these men are not drunk, considering it's yet morning. But what he was saying, <coughs> what he was saying there is that, yeah, they were acting a little bit strange. Let me tell you what. When you get under the power of God, you're not going to hold your dignity. You're, you're not going to, to, to say, well, I'll come in, but I'm going to come in a straight way. I've seen people come under the power of God and, 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 and you know, and the Lord do a work in their life. And, and, and that's what happens when we come under the power of God. There is power in the name of Jesus. The Bible said that many will proclaim God, but, they will, but, but they'll deny the power thereof. If there's anything this world needs today, is it needs the power of God in the world. We need revival to come back. You know, I've said before, out with the old and in with the older. We need to get back to the days of Pentecost. We need to get back to the days of, of Acts. We need to get back to the days when they spoke to things and, and, and they saw the manifestation of God. Romans 8. How many know there's something great in Romans 8? Romans 7 kind of tells you about the folly of the flesh. But Romans shows you the power of the Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? In Romans 8 and 37, the title of my message today is, uh, The Church Suffers from an Identity Problem or Crisis. The Church Suffers from a identity problem or crises and i want to go to uh, 837 he said nay in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved it. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor principality, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ our Lord. I want you to know something right now. When you go before uh, your adversaries, you don't have to worry because God said, I will keep you. Moses, when he was sent to Pharaoh, and he said, Lord, he said, who should I say sent me? He said, you just tell him I am that I am. And he looked at, and, he looked and says, uh, you know, a little more, please. I'm going before someone that could kill me. But how many know that Pharaoh could do nothing to Moses unless God allowed it? That's what Jesus said to Pilate. Pilate said, don't you know who I am? Don't you know that I could put you to death? And he looked at Pilate and he says, you could do nothing unless my father allowed it to be done. How many of us can have that type of faith? He said to the disciples, he said, how long shall I be with you? Shall I find any faith when I come? He was, you know, it's like a mother that's trying to teach her children and they just keep doing the other thing. And, and you say, how many times am I going to tell you this? He was frustrated with them because they were still bickering and, and, and doing it. And we see that in the church sometimes. And we say, and the Lord looks at us and says, if only you knew what I have instilled within you and what you can do if you will believe my word. People moan and complain about our government. When's the last time we spoke against the evil? When's the last time we proclaimed the word of God? But I looked at the word conqueror. It, it is, it is hoopernikio. Hoopernikio. Say that fast. And it means to vanquish, to defeat thoroughly. That's what the word vanquish means. Beyond. To gain a decisive victory, 
to come from, it came from the root word to subdue, literally or figuratively, to conquer, to overcome. You know, that's not a suggestion. That's a command. To he that overcometh. Will I grant to sit with me? Why is he saying that? Because is it, I don't want non-overcomers sitting there and ruling with me. What would that do? You see, why does God want to overcome in your life? Why does he want, maybe it's gambling, maybe it's a sexual sin, maybe it is a, 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 an alcohol sin or, or something like that. Let me tell you why. Because we're going to rule with him. I could imagine he said, oh, where'd Bobby go? He said, no, he's down there gambling with those people. No, that's not going to happen. We're going to overcome those things. We're going to speak to those things that so easily besets us with the authority and the power of God and say, be dead. That's why he said, he said to those that overcome, Will I grant to sit with me? He doesn't want non-overcomers sitting with him because that is a position of power. And we are going to legislate the theocracy of God over this world for a thousand years in the millennial reign. Let me tell you what, Democrats. We've got a theocracy coming, whether you like it or not. I want you to know that it will be Christ rule. There'll be no room for error. There'll be no room for argument. There'll be no, that's not fair. No Pharisees and Sadducees. You see, the Pharisees are not fair, you see, and the Sadducees are too sad, you see. We don't want any of those. We want people who love Jesus and overcome in this world, and that's why God is coaching you to be an overcomer. And that's why the devil is so bent on your staying in that sin. He's so bent on keeping you crippled. He's so bent on keeping you from proclaiming because how can I proclaim if I'm not even obedient? Remember the sons of Sceva? They were exorcists. But they were phonies. And they would say, you know, you pay us some money. We'll come in and sprinkle some holy water around in your apartment. And we'll, we'll cast out the devils. But they were not really doing that. No more than the psychic is, is helping you for your future. They just bleed you dry and bring you into damnation. And they heard Paul speaking in the name of Jesus. And they thought, here's a shortcut. Let's just copy his words and let's go ahead and start casting out devils by the name of Jesus. And they went into a house that was of a demoniac and they begun to pray in the name of Jesus. And that demoniac so furiously took them, stripped them naked of all of their clothing and threw them out into the street. And he said, who are you? He said, Paul, I know. And Jesus, I know. You know why? They walked in the authority of God. How I many know God's no respecter of person? But you can't cast something out if it's living in you. That's why so many people fear the, the, the casting out of devils. They fear it because they aren't living or they haven't overcome in, in an area of their life. I think one of the greatest sins in the church today is pornography. Why is it? Because it's all over the Internet. It's everywhere. You can accidentally fall into it. As I told you on Facebook, I was looking up uh, um, Shamrock uh, um, Handyman. And I put in Shamrock Candyman. It came up with a bunch of stuff I wouldn't want to look at. I reported it. My wife said, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Now they'll really come after you. But I reported it. And they have, I haven't seen anything like it since. But what I'm telling you is it's out to get you. If any man thinks he's stand, let him take heed. 
In other words, you know what? That's why we need one another. We need to pray with one another. We need to stand with one another. We need to come against the demonic activities because they will cripple you and they will control you. And they'll spit you out and laugh at you. What happens when you get into any sin, it will lead you to deeper sin and deeper sin. And why? Because it doesn't satisfy. So then I need more. I need something worse. They talk about marijuana and, and say, well, you know, it's, it's a good. Let me tell you what. Marijuana is an entry door to the heart of drugs. Because what happens is, is your body will gain a resistance to a high. It will. And then you need more. And then you need more. And then you need more. And before you know it, it doesn't do it anymore. And they say, hey, take a couple of these, but you'll really enjoy these. All of a sudden, you're popping pills. All of a sudden, you're saying, well, I need more. Before you know it, you're, 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 you're put your putting liquid in your cocaine and put in a needle and put it in your arm. Oh, that's a good one. But then that begins, you see what I'm saying? And before you know it, you're doing more. And you end up dead on the floor from overdose. You don't think that's an, uh, an epidemic in our land? Why? Because they, they begin and sin never satisfies. You know what sin always does? It lures you into something more. I think of a previous, a previous uh, uh, gubernatorial candidate here in Maine. He, he was a very articulate, um, a very intelligent individual. But pornography took him where he's going to prison now. He's being disgraced now because it took him where he didn't want to go. Let me tell you, the Bible says, sin, he said, sin will find you out like a little bird. You think the enemy doesn't want to uncover? I'll tell you, the only reason the enemy hasn't uncovered you yet is because of God's grace and mercy. But he said, I'll not always endure with flesh, as we heard. There's a time I'm just going to take the hand off. But each and every one of us need to realize that we can conquer. According to who, uh, uh, according to who, uh, so we ask, who are you? The Bible said we are predestined, called, justified, glorified. We're God's elect more than conquerors. You see, that's what God has called us to be. But I believe the devil's gotten into the church. And he gets in and he hollows the church out in. He takes its strength. He takes its power. He changes so subtly its message. I heard someone on Facebook recently say, well, I don't understand these preachers that, that, that talk loud. He said, I think that we need to love everybody. Well, let me tell you what. Love talks loud. But we need to get the message across. And let me, can I say this to you? If this message is pricking your heart, that shows you the love of God. He loves you. He cares for you. Because there are some that are going to the Wizard of Oz and being told they can live any way they want and they can be saved. You know what that is? A reprobate mind. It's a mind that's gone out and sought for other advice. I've told you before, I've had people come to me. Well, what do you think of that, Pastor? I said, why? You didn't like what the Holy Ghost told you? <laughs> that's usually the truth. You ask God, you know, I don't like that. I better run and see the pastor. Pastor, what do you think? What did the Holy Ghost tell you? Well, I didn't like what I heard. I'm thinking maybe it was the devil. Would you straighten me out? <laughs> and you know what? If we will ask the Lord, he will answer our prayer. We're more than conquerors. 
but we are more, we can overcome the enemy through the power of the Holy Ghost. If God's word had just told us that we're conquerors, it would, it would have been enough if we'd believe it. But it tells us that we're more than conquerors. You know what that means? You know what it means to be more than a conqueror? It means there must have been a conqueror. If I'm more than a conqueror, there must have been a conqueror. Who was that conqueror? Jesus. He took our place. He died for our sins. He died that we might be restored back to the Father as Adam was originally with the Father. But he said, you're more than that. Because you have the power. I gave you what I had to get from the enemy that was lost in Adam. You know, the Bible said the wages of sin is death. After Adam sinned, all of his offspring were born in sin. And to this day, every human being needs to come to a place in Jesus Christ where they ask him to forgive them of their sin. What did David say? He said, he said Lord, I was shaped in iniquity. Nobody had to teach me how to lie. Nobody had to teach me the word no. Nobody had to teach me how to be disobedient, stubborn, rebellious. Nobody had to teach me those things. Those things come quite natural to a child. I've seen it over and over. I've seen children drop on the floor in the, in the grocery store, kicking their feet because they didn't get their pretzel. And you say, who taught him that? Nobody had to teach him that. That comes from the, the nature that has fallen from God and fallen from grace. But God wants to change our nature. Instead of pleading for victory, we need to learn to proclaim it. Oh, Lord, if it be your will. Well, see, you don't have to ask God his will. You need to read it. <laughs> See how simple that is? We're asking God for something. He said, I've already given it to you. All you have to do is read it. And my will is right there. Both my old and my new will. My living will. He said, for what good is the testament if the tester doesn't die? Because he said, I'm dying that, I, that you may exercise the will. You hear what I'm saying? I might have a will for my children, but I could change that. As long as I'm alive, I can change that will. I had an uncle that used to change his will about once a month. He must have wore his attorney out. Every time someone got mad at him, well, you're out. And then they'd do something nice and bring him flowers. Well, you're in. <laughs> and you just hope that he would die in a good... <laughs> This same uncle uh, t gave his house to his son while his wife was still living. And his wife, uh, and, and his wife uh, asked a lawyer, and the lawyer said, he can't do that. Uh-uh. <laughs> Not legal. He said, that will is useless because she was his flesh. And that means if she lived longer than he did, then it's hers. And so what we realize in that is Jesus said, this is my living will. This is my testament that is given to you. Now. Not on the sweet by and by. Now. And so we realize that if I want to know the will of God, I need to read it. And I need to believe it. And if I have a problem believing it, I need to go to God and say, Lord, renew my mind that I might receive it. The Bible said a carnal man cannot even, cannot even 
understand the word. The Bible says the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that perish. They can't open this Bible and see that it's for their benefit. But it is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Let me tell you, whatever misery, whatever suffering you may face in this world, it's nothing in comparison to our heavenly journey and our heavenly uh, uh, being with the Lord. In Acts 1.8, it says, uh, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the world. Let me tell you something about the Great Commission. That is the real, the real agenda for the church. Go ye out in the highways and byways and compel them to come in. God wants a family, and the bigger the better for him. So when I'm born again in this world, I have a purpose immediately from that point forward, and that is to go out and, and, and win souls through the power of the Holy Ghost, to witness. And if you are timid, get yourself a Jesus hat. And if you don't, Daddy, open your mouth, your hat will. I've got one. I told you uh, uh, two weeks ago, I was pumping gas, and, and, and the Lord said, tell him about me. And he was saying, hey, I see you're a military guy. Yeah, where'd you serve? I said, yeah, I was in the army. And he jumped in his car, and I went, oh, Lord. <laughs> I know I was supposed to tell him about Jesus. And guess what? He forgot to put his gas cap on, jump back out, get out. The Lord said, okay, I gave you another chance. <laughs> Come on, big guy. Tell him about Jesus. I said, Jesus loves you. <laughs> but in time for a whole sermon, so I had to cut it kind of short. <laughs> but the thing of it is, the challenge that we have in this world is, are we willing to be witnesses for him? Are <laughs> How we will it? <laughs> Excuse me. Why have we received power after the Holy Ghost has come upon us that we should be witnesses? Let's talk about Jesus. He is the King of Kings. Why don't you sing that going in Walmart? He is the Lord. You offend me. I went into Cracker Barrel one time down here in Portland. They, they do Christian music. And there was this old lady, and they said, that ought to be illegal. <laughs> we need to talk about Jesus. I believe that we have a young generation that wants to know him. We target the nursing homes when I think maybe it's more than that. We should be targeting the young people. Not that I don't think nursing home ministry is great. But I think we'd go there because of insecurity. They can't beat me up. <laughs> They're not going to stone me. <laughs> I'm safe here. I know one time I was, I was a young convert. We went to a nursing home, and, and I was telling her about Jesus. And she said, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm thinking, whoa, this, I'm getting somewhere. Ha, <laughs> ha, yeah, yeah. And finally a nurse comes up and says, honey, I want you to, she's been saying, yeah, for years. <laughs> oh, well. But the, what we need to understand and realize is that sometimes We take the path of least resistance. And there are, there are young people out there that might have weird hairstyles. And they all have tattoos. I don't have a tattoo. I'm not born in that time. I'm glad. Uh, pretty bad when men have tramp stamps. What do they call them things? 
And you look at it and you go, oh, my Lord. <laughs> but anyway, you know what? They need Jesus. And that's what we need to understand is that they need Jesus. And we cannot be intimidated. As Jesus stood before Pilate and he was not intimidated, we cannot be intimidated. We need to stand in the power of the Lord. In Acts 18, 18, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. These are the words of Jesus. Now, Pastor, you're getting a little bit out there in fuzzy world. Is that not what Jesus said? Don't we realize that if we would believe the word of God that we can subdue armies through the power of God according to this word? We may not always feel like conquerors, but if God called it, we should believe it. In Matthew nine twenty nine, Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, so be it unto you. Where does faith come from? It comes from the Word of God. I've got to believe. Do you know the Bible said that Jesus could do no miracles in his home except for just a couple? And the reason was because of their unbelief. So what we have to do is say, Lord, help me to believe. Help me, Lord. He's, I love the man that said, they said, he said, I believe, but help mine unbelief. How many of you are there? I believe it, but help mine unbelief. <laughs> help me, Lord God, not only to believe it, but that out of my bellies will flow rivers of living water, that I will not restrict what the Lord is saying today. You see, that takes a boldness. Paul even prayed. He said, he said, pray for me that I have the boldness that I ought to have. Even he struggled with it. We all struggle with it. But help me to be bold. Titus 1.1, Paul a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of truth, which is after godliness. According to faith. Paul never could have taken that chief apostle place if he did not first receive it. And in receiving it, he had to receive it by what? He had to receive it by faith. It had to come in before it could go out. We know that Paul was such a brilliant mind that he was probably more brilliant than Plato or any other philosopher. He was a brilliant, brilliant mind. He studied under the feet of Gormiel, uh, which was a prestigious uh, um, university degree. Gormiel could only take six to 12 students at one time, and the parents had to pay Big money for Paul to sit there and take one of those spaces. He had learned so much in the Hebrew. He'd become a master of the Hebrew. He said, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He said, I belong to the strictest of the, se of the sects uh, um, with an H in it. But he said, I was a strictest, in the strictest. He said, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. He had a, a resume that would bewilder anybody. He had mastered it all. But on his way to Damascus one day, God came on the scene. And he knocked him to the ground. And he said, Paul, Paul, or Saul, Saul at that time. And Saul said, who are you? He said, I'm the one that you persecute. He said, why do you kick against the goads of the pricks? Why do you hurt yourself kicking against something that you cannot control? Something that you cannot uh, extinguish. That's greater than you, Paul. 
He said, I want you to do this. I want you to get up. He smote him with blindness. He couldn't see a thing. And he said, I want you to go to a street called straight. How many of us need to go to that street? The straight and narrow way. And he said, and there I have a servant, and his name is Ananias, and he will pray for you, and you will receive your sight. And he went there. Now, even Ananias argued with God. God, you know who he is? He's the modern day. I don't want to say any names. We could think of them. You can all think of your own name. But the fact of it is, as we realize that he became obedient to God, his eyes were opened. How many know that when you get born again, it's a miraculous thing where your eyes are open? And the Bible said that Paul was taken on the backside of a desert for three years where Jesus himself ministered to him. You see, to be an apostle in, in, the, in the Bible, I'm talking about the 12 apostles, they had to have seen Jesus. To have the authority to write, which would be the holy right, written word for eternity. And what Paul did is for three years, he sat under the feet of Jesus. And he received of the Lord, and he believed what the Lord had been speaking to him. How many of you have been sitting under the feet of Jesus? How many of you have been seeking the Word of God? How many of you have said, Lord, I don't understand it. Help me to understand it. How many are honest with the Lord? Whenever I meet anybody that knows it all, I know that they don't know anything. That's the truth. Because the more you know about God, one thing, when I took that college class, my wife and I, on the holy, uh, the, the professor comes out, and this is what he says. He said, this is probably one class that you're going to know less at the end of it than you know now. <laughs> because we're going to be talking about God. <laughs> and the more you know about God, the more you don't know. He's, whoo. He created the universe. He created the stars. He created everything. And do you think somehow I'm going to get all of that in my little cranium? And that's where faith comes in. I know, Lord God, your word is true. I know that it's holy. I know that it is right. In Matthew 17, 20, I need to get on real quick here. And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, verily I say unto you, that if ye have faith as the grain of mustard seed, you shall send to this mountain, be thou remo be removed hence uh, to yonder place, and it shall be removed. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now, let me, let me clarify that. I'm not asking you to go out now and just think Rolls Royce. That's not what the Bible is saying here. He's saying according to the Scripture. According to the Scripture. And that's what we have to do is take this. The Bible said the letter killeth. You know, there's no power of this word if it just lays on a page and sits in your closet. Or on your coffee table. But he said, the spirit, the pneuma, gives it life. Blessed are the feet of those who preach the gospel. For how will they hear unless somebody preach? We lift those words off of the page. We put it down inside. And out of our bellies, speak the power of God. I know when God had called me to minister, he, he called me before I was saved. <laughs> you guys get over that. And I heard someone say, I don't believe that God doesn't speak to sinners. You know, some people, they just say things. <laughs> they don't think. God speak to every one of you, and that's why you're not you're not uh, uh, labeled as sinners. But I had a dream one night, and I woke up preaching, and it startled me so much. I got out of bed at one o'clock in the morning and went down to the local Seven Eleven to see if they sold Bibles. <laughs> they didn't. 
somehow I just had this need to get a hold of something. And that night I did not get a Bible, but I, I want you to know something. I believed that dream. And then it was a sequence of events that brought me to the place where I knew him. And I remember the first time I preached. I wanted to share some with you. I was a nervous wreck. I said, God, you've made a big mistake. My Aunt Mame and my grandmother came to hear my first sermon. I fasted for 12 days. And after I fasted for 12 days, I said, God, now it's your turn. I learned something. It's never his turn. <laughs> and I took my pages of notes, and I took them, and I began to read them. And I, and I read them in about three minutes, and I looked, and I go, that's all. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, I'm so stupid. And I'd argue with God, I can't do this thing. <laughs> but you see, when you seek the anointing, when you say, Lord, take this old mule, this donkey that has nothing to offer and fill it with your glory and your goodness and your strength. I'm sure that there are very intelligent people out there that can be more articulate than I am. They, they, you know, and, and all that. But you know something? God said, I choose who I will. So don't pick on him. <laughs> and what we realize in all of this. In verse 28, Romans 8. It said, and we know that all things work together to them that love God to them that are called according to his purpose. And let me tell you, a lot of people will quote, all things work together for good. You didn't read the rest of the scripture. It said, to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. And so you realize not all good, all things work to good. And we say, well, how can that be? I just made a mistake on a car and it won't run anymore. And I just put all my money into it. How can that work to good? Well, I don't know. But maybe five years we'll look back and see that it did. But that's the promise that comes from God. But we ask ourselves, what causes all things to work together? Trials eventually contribute to our uh, continue to contribute to our good. Trials lead us to look to God for support. Remember what he said to Abraham? He said in 400 years, he said, the children of Israel will be taken down into captivity. You know, captivity always begins with the land of Goshen. Like a kid getting out in the world. Woohoo, this is fun! But slowly but surely it turns on them until they become slaves. And, 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 and he said, I heard the cries of my people, God told Moses. And, you know, Abraham could say, well, if we're in victory and here we are and this is what we're doing, why would you lead them into, why would you allow them, should I say, to be led into captivity? He said that they may know me as the deliverer. that they may know me as the deliverer. You see, every one of you sitting out here can know him as the deliverer. Someday we're going to sing songs in heaven. The angels are going to stand by. They're not going to be able to get involved because we know him in a different way than they know him. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. Bible says here in Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by, uh, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. What it does is it drives you to your knees. That's a wonderful thing, you know. To pray and say, Lord, we know that you're able. And James 1, 2, uh, we, we look at James uh, 1, uh, 2 verses 4 and 12 it says James a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 
tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. You see, Christian, Christians' uh, afflictions are made into blessings. I want you to know that I've seen people go through some great things. I watched my son go through the loss of two children. And then to be told they could never have children. I've watched people suffer. I've watched people go through things. I've even said, Lord, why? But I know this one thing. I trust him. And I know one other thing. We didn't lose two grandchildren. They're in heaven waiting for us. Someday I'm going to meet them. <laughs> what a day that'll be. In John 16, it says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Oh, you don't understand how mean these Democrats are. You don't understand. And, you know, this and that and the other. I want you to know something. God's already overcame that. I was watching a preacher recently, and he was talking about it. it I think it was 1887 that this happened in Israel. And then uh, to 50 years later, this happened. And he went down the line to all of the things that led up to them occupying the land. He says, don't you think God was in control? Sometimes we, we, we get anxious within ourselves that we want to make something happen. When the Bible said, with, with patience possess ye your soul. I trust you, Lord. I stand with you, Father. In James 1.14, it said, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, I don't ever have any problem with that. If any man think he stand, let him take heed lest he fall. We had a young lady that used to come. And one night she needed a ride. And there was nobody. Everybody had left her. Her name was Nancy. I don't I've seen her in years. And I said, I said well, I'll, I'll give you a ride. I said, Ben, I want you to come with me. I don't want to. I don't want to go. I said, you are coming with me. So he comes, and she had a couple of bags, and asked me if I could carry him to the third floor apartment. Ben, you come with me. And I carried those bags up, and as soon as she unlocked the door, opened it, she grabbed me by the hand and tried to pull me in. And on the way down, Ben, the big grin, said, I know why you want me to come now, Dad. You see, you've got to be wise. And I don't blame her because I think that's the only way she had learned how to, to when somebody does a kind thing for her, that's, that's what she felt she could give. She needed to be re-educated. But I needed to be wise. You see, people get in trouble. When they walk outside of the protection that God has given them. That's why the Bible says, even the appearance of evil isn't good. Number one, it can cause gossip. And it can also cause temptation. We need to be careful. If any man thinks he has overcome, let him take heed. Because each one of us need to keep ourselves. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Discipline yourself. Skip those commercials that come on and that do those things. Maybe it's best to skip TV altogether. But what you have to understand is the devil has lures and he's out to entice you. He's out to, to, to find your weakness and to play on it. I need to wrap this up. 
I'm not mad, by the way. <laughs> Somebody, he's mad. <laughs> no, I'm not. What I'm trying to share with you is because I love you. And you pray for me, too. We, none of us are above it. We need prayer, one from another, to stand one with another. And that's why the body is so important, especially as, you, as the days approach. We are living in a day of temptation like never before. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. It's not God. The Bible says God tempts no man for he himself cannot be tempted. Now, he tries people, but he cannot tempt you because he himself cannot be tempted. What tempts you is your own lust. So what we say is, Lord, help me. You know what we all want? We all want to have a devil cast out of us. But God said, that, that's, let me tell you what. He said, it's discipline. Maybe I've got a devil, and I can have the devil cast out of me, and then I won't have that trouble anymore. I'm going to tell you this right now. You overcome by overcoming. <laughs> Sometimes things are simple. In Genesis 50 and 20, we look at Joseph as an example. He says, as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it for good to bring to pass as, uh, as it is this day to save much people alive. His brothers, because they were so jealous of him. Well, he was probably bragging a little too, but it, it doesn't matter. And they said, we want to kill him. And the eldest brother spoke, so, hey, I'll tell you what, let's not kill him. Let's throw him into a pit. And then when the gypsy, when, when the nomads or whatever they were come by, we'll sell him to them in slavery. So that's what they did. And then they went and they killed an animal and they wiped the blood on the coat of Joseph. And they took it to their father and said, look, he, he died in the field. Obviously, they said a wild beast has gotten him. He could have been bitter about that. Maybe you've got things in your life you're bitter about. Maybe someone in the family got something you didn't get. Maybe, you, you see what I mean, what bitterness is? And then you can say to me, Pastor, yeah, but I have a reason. <laughs> you don't know my story. I only need to know one story. Jesus, uh, Paul said, I seek to know nothing among you except for Christ's name crucified. That's enough. We've all got a story. Every one of us have a story. We've all had boo-boos in life. We've all stubbed our toe at one time or another. I used to run barefoot with a bicycle. One time my foot got too forward on the pedal. And when I was going around, that tar grabbed that big toe and pulled that nail right off. Oh, talk about a stomach ache. Never mind the foot ache. But some people moan about things, and they moan, and what we have to realize, we've got to give it up. It doesn't do us any good. You see, Joseph could have been hardened in his heart. All of his life, he could have said, you know, those rotten brothers, when I catch them, I'm going to, he had the authority to kill every one of them. And they knew that. And they came before him, and they were afraid. They said, if he know, finds out who we are, he'll kill us. But he, Joseph didn't do that. He said it was all for the glory of God. Now that, to me, speaks volumes to every one of our lives. Could I despise my past? Think about this. If I could go back and change that, I would. Why? Because I, I have the wisdom now that I didn't have when I was 20. Come on now. But the problem is, is what I, how did I get the wisdom? From the path. I guess we're stuck with the path, aren't we? And we should embrace it and thank God for it. And say, surely, I might have been poor. I might have been, you know what, I, what, what that did for me? It made me to enjoy all the more the goodness of God. 
And I had a dad that would sit me up at night and tell me I was the reason for his problems. And a little boy, I mean, he would give me some popcorn. But that wasn't a message that really goes good with popcorn. (laughs) You see, when people get in trouble, they blame somebody else. But when I was 50 years old, you know what I was able to do? To go to my father's grave and say, Dad, I love you and I'm sorry forever being angry at you. I knew that you were weak. And I pray to God that you're in heaven. Of course, I'm not the great judge. You can't determine that. You see, that's a load that I don't have to carry anymore. There are people that are carrying loads of unforgiveness, loads that, 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 that harbor them and, and keep them from the wonders and the glory that God has for them. I'm going to close here. In 1 Peter 3.16, Heaven, a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse you of your good conversation in Christ. Going to happen. Going to happen to every one of you. You're going to be slammed. You're going to be hurt unjustly. But let me tell you something. I went through a thing not long ago, and I, I, my hair stood up on end, and I got angry. My wife said, sit down. And she said, let me read you something out of the book, how that they spit upon Jesus' face until it could, how they humiliated him, how they struck him. She said, have you been there, Bob? No. You know something? You just have to trust him. You need to walk with him. You need to stand with him in Jesus' name. First Peter 5 and 4 said, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, he shall receive a crown of glory, that fadeth not. Ye shall, should I say, receive a crown of glory that fadeth not. You know, God understands your hurt. And he said, I'm going to give you the, the greatest thing that anyone could give you, and that is a crown. Some of you may have watched the coronation. I won't go there. Got to stick with my script. But what you realize is, is that God said he's going to coronate us. But you know what I love most of all? The Bible said, and when we come before him, we're going to take off our crowns and throw them before him and say, Lord. You and you alone, Lord. Heartworthy. I'm going to close with this one word here in James 2 and 5. Is it hearken, my brethren? Had not God chosen the poor things, the poor of this world, uh, rich in faith? And heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him. I am weak, but he is strong. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for gifting us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for instilling within us this this thing called victory. Thank you, Lord, that as we forsake the sin that does so easily beset us and we run the race and cast off the weights. God is speaking to us today. We are more than conquerors. He's already said it. But I believe the church is suffering from an identity crisis. We're suffering with the baggage and the hurts and the, and the things that, 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 that keep us back. We begin to look at our weaknesses and our frailties. We begin to look at all of those things. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Who's in the world? Bob is in the world. But there's one inside of me that's greater than me. And if I would give him precedence, I love what, the, what, what the, um, the apostle said. He said, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. I've given myself to him. I'm dying to myself. 
I am, and how do I die to myself? By having a devil cast out? No. I mean, I'm not saying that someone may not need that. But what I'm saying is 99% of our problem is us. And the thing is, is that we can use a wand. Those don't work. I, I used to have one on my desk, and everybody, someone come in for counsel. I'd take them a wand. So there's two ways we can do this. I can wave a little wand over. My wife got mad and told me I couldn't have it anymore and took it away. <laughs> she didn't want anything to do with that wand. <laughs> or I said, and the other one is truth and hard work, discipline, commitment. Well, I don't know if I want that way. Well, it's really the only way to surrender all to Jesus. Would you stand with me, please? Father, we love you. Father, we praise you. Let's just take a minute, if we would, to, to seek the Lord. You know, I, I don't... I want us to realize not to be quick as we, as we exit the auditorium. But that we ask the Lord in all earnest. Now, I know that sanctification is the progress of a lifetime. I know that. That means in every one of our lives, there are, there's a greater walk. I want to make that walk with the Lord. I want to surrender my life to the Lord. I don't want my life. And that's what I've said to the Lord. I've said, Lord, God. In fact, he told me, he said, you continue the way you've been going. He said, I'll boot you out. He said, because it's of no use to me. I think of a man that was a youth pastor. And they had pizza parties and all kinds of fun things to try to lure the people to come in. But he was knocking his head against a wall. It was very difficult to get any results at all. And he said, Lord, show me a better way. And the Lord spoke and said, first of all, throw the sermon away. It ain't much good anyway. And I want you to get up on that platform. I want you to say to everybody that has an illness in your body, come to the platform. But I don't believe in miracles. That's your problem. You asked me if there was a better way. And he said he, he did that, and he began to lay his hands on people as he was instructed, and all of a sudden he felt the fire he'd never felt in his life. He said, today I have several youth groups in the thousands. But it came through that miraculous night that I trusted and believed God. And he moved me out of myself and into him. Thank you, Lord. I want you to know something. The road to heaven is not paved by religion. It's paved with the blood of Jesus Christ. And his love and his goodness. And he said, if you will trust me, if you will take my word and you'll believe my word, I will use you. And I will work with you. I want you to know something. He is a great God. I'm not telling you the Lord told me today to have 50 people come up on the platform. But what I'm trying to use that as an example. Where are you with the Lord and what do you believe for your life? How many want to see souls saved? How, want to, how many want to believe that when you speak, something will manifest. I want you to know something. That is the power of God. And he's no respecter of persons. If we would reach out of this world with, the, with his power, we will see results. 
Let's bow our head if we would in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the wonderful group that we have. And Lord God, I thank you that your word came forward for each and every one of us. A challenge, Lord, that each and every one of us would measure up to, Lord God, as we surrender our lives unto you. Lord, I pray for this nation. I pray, Lord God, as we speak against the evil, as we speak, Lord God, against the those that, that work, uh, work wickedness against you, God, that they would be saved. And if not, they would be removed in the name of Jesus. Lord God, that evil does not need to parade in our streets because we need to stand up against it in Jesus' name and stand together and encourage one another in the Lord and pray for each other that your word would be done in each one of our lives in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And everyone said amen. God bless all of you. I want you to know this. If you do need prayer, I'm here to pray for you.